Hey folks, this is Abel James, and thanks so much for joining us on Fat Burning Man, where we talk about real food and real results. Today's special throwback episode of the show is with my good friend UJ Ramdas. He's co-creator of the 5-Minute Journal, which has been getting a lot of buzz lately from our friend and fellow podcaster, Mr. Tim Ferriss. And I'm just about to record another episode with Tim about his new book, Tools of the Titans, so stay tuned for that one. On this episode, we'll share little changes you can make in your life that add up to massive long-term results. Before we get to the show, did you know that 80% of your fat loss results come from what you eat, not how much you exercise? In fact, I dropped 20 pounds in just over a month by exercising for just a few minutes a week and making very specific tweaks to my diet. One of the most surprising reasons people fail to get results is because they're short on time and don't know what to cook for dinner, so they settle for junky convenience foods that sacrifice their progress. Don't let that be you. The truth is this. You can lose fat permanently without drugs, supplements, or crazy workouts. It all starts with what you put on your plate. Whether you need to lose 100 pounds or that stubborn last 10, you can start your transformation today without gimmicks, just real delicious foods from your local supermarket and your farmer's market if you have one around you. To help get you there, we've slashed the price on our best-selling digital cookbook programs and meal plans in The Fat-Burning Chef, blueberry cheesecake, smoked pork shoulder drizzled in homemade barbecue sauce, and much more are waiting for you. Aaron says, Sometimes the hardest part about eating healthy is all the prep it can take. Having quick, healthy, go-to recipes is really the key to making real food a sustainable part of your lifestyle. With meals in under 20 minutes, there's no excuse to just pick something up. Love this. Lauren says, just started six weeks ago, so I can't wait to add some recipes to the arsenal. Oh, and in six weeks, I'm 34 pounds down. Does a happy dance. Rock on, Lauren. Congratulations. But this isn't just about the recipes. We also really believe in what we do, and we want to change the world with real food. So when you buy Fat Burning Chef, you get a free copy to give as a gift to share with family or friends. Plus, as an added bonus, when you buy it soon, you'll even get our Wild Holiday Feast e-cookbook, a $27 value, completely for free. All you have to do to get your discount and bonuses is go to fatburningchef.com. Once again, from any device, including the one you're listening on right now, just type in fatburningchef.com and get our Wild Holiday Feast e-book for free. Also, if you just want to dip your toes into it, you're just getting started, don't forget to sign up for my newsletter at fatburningman.com. I'm throwing lots of special little bonuses in there and giveaways that you can't get anywhere else. So if you really want the quickest way to get started, I give you all the goods in the newsletter as well. So that's completely for free at fatburningman.com. And of course, if you like this podcast, Fat Burning Man, Please take a second to share it with a friend or a family member. And as always, there are more than 200 episodes completely for free at fatburningman.com. And if you don't have the time to listen to any of these episodes all the way through, we have write-ups for all the episodes as well that we spend a lot of time and effort making awesome for you guys so you can get the most value in the shortest amount of time. So if you have a second, please leave a review for Fat Burning Man and share this episode with someone you care about who you think would like it. All right, on to the show with you, Jay. You're going to like this one. You're about to learn goal-setting secrets to master your mindset, how regularly practicing gratitude can improve your life. I can definitely vouch for that one. How to hack your happiness set point. This one is super cool and much, much more. Let's go hang out with you, Jay. All right, folks, I'm really excited to be here today with a good buddy of mine. His name is UJ Ramdas, and he is the co-creator of the 5-Minute Journal and Intelligent Change, where he creates cool products that make people happier. 
UJ is a big fan of the wilderness Eastern meditative practices and a good old cup of tea. And actually, before we started recording this interview, I was so jealous of UJ's cup of tea that I took a break and ran upstairs and got my own. So cheers to UJ. Thank you so much for that. This is a healthy habit. It feels good. Virtual tea with UJ. <laughs> How's it going? So I'm really excited to have you on UJ because you uh, have created one of my favorite tools in all of this world called the five minute journal. And it's been uh, supported by Tim Ferriss, a lot of really cool people who are massively productive, uh, really interesting and achieve more than most people think was ever possible. And I know that this is one of the tools that's proven to science to absolutely do that. So can you tell a little bit about how you started this project and, and what it's turned out to be? Absolutely. Well, firstly, thanks for having me here. It's, it's a real pleasure. And it was uh, such a pleasure that cheers with you. Uh, over a virtual cup of tea. Absolutely. <laughs> so the journal started because I'm a fan of positive psychology and behavioral change, and I just geek out on this stuff. It's, it's what I obsess about. It's what I think about. And I've actually been doing a version of the five-minute journal for several years, about five, six years. And I was taking a walk with a very good friend of mine, Alex Icon, who I believe it connected with. And... You know, he's, he's got a background in e-commerce and we, we talked about stuff we normally talk about, marketing, behavior, belief change and, and things of that nature. And we were talking about our morning routines and our night routines. And he was, he was interested in, in what I used to do every night before I go to bed. And it was a longer process. It, did not, it was not five minutes. It was more like 15 or 20 where I, I wrote 10 things that were, that were good in the day, et cetera. And he said, this would be really great if we could systematizes and, and we could bring it to the world, I think that would be really, really good. And worst case scenario, we'll just use it for ourselves. Yeah. It's just a really cool tool to, to have for ourselves to do morning and night. And uh, this, this was about less than a year ago, just about a year ago that um, we launched it in, in May of last year. And uh, it's been really good ever since. We looked at all of the research and, and the science and looked at how, how do we condense everything we know in 20 years of positive psychology and bring it to people in a way that's easy, easy to apply, easy to use, and easy to implement into a habit. Because at the end of the day, the habit is what really matters. The, yeah. the habit that sticks, that is easy to use, which is why it's called a five-minute journal. It takes five minutes. It takes mm -hmm. away your excuses. Yeah. It takes away your excuse of time, or oh, it's going to take too much time, it's going to take much effort, it's not going to be rewarding. Mm -hmm. And so the challenge is if you do this for five days and don't find yourself significantly happier, you can just give it back. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you can give it back. It's so cool. I love its simplicity. So just for all of you out there who might not be familiar with what it is, it's basically a, a souped up gratitude journal. It's a, it's a done for you almost gratitude journal. So, I mean, you can do gratitude and a lot of people do just with a plain notebook or whatever. And what gratitude is, is basically just taking a moment every day to acknowledge what you're thankful for and be present. That's been scientifically proven over and over again to improve happiness, productivity. UJ, would you mind talking a little bit about the science behind this? Because, you know, a lot of people are just like, oh, woo woo, gratitude, whatever. Right. Um, but this is legit. I mean, you can look at the numbers and see that people are actually improving their lives in massive ways by doing this practice. 
Absolutely. I think it's important to, to distinguish between the law of attraction gratitude mm. and the the gratitude and the research that's that's supported by real numbers. And nothing against the law of attraction crowd. It's just I like numbers, and I like figures, and I like some I like to touch and feel things, yeah, <laughs> and know they're real. And across the research, what's clear is gratitude is kind of like the gateway emotion. Like marijuana is a gateway drug. Mm -hmm. Gratitude tends to be the gateway emotion that that tends to be the opposite of depression. For example, if I ask you to feel joy right now, it's a, it's a stretch because it's difficult to figure out, well, what really gives me joy right now? It's mm -hmm. too much of a stretch. But if I ask you, Abel, what's good right now? This what's tea is right delicious, here? I'll tell you exactly. what. Exactly. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's easier to focus on that. And across research, there's a... There's a really good book called Thanks by, uh, by Robert McCullough. And he talks about the improvement in just a few weeks of weekly gratitude journaling. And people in about 10 weeks, just every week, writing down the things they're grateful for, they increase their closeness of their bonds with their loved ones. They actually improve the time they exercise mm -hmm. by 1.5 hours a week, which is pretty wow. significant. That's, that's pretty epic. Yeah, if you can exercise 1.5 hours more a week and you're exercising right, then that's the difference between uh, being fat and being totally ripped. It really Absolutely. is. Absolutely. Absolutely. And increases pro-social motivation. So typically when people think of things they're thankful for, they think of people. And they start to empathize with people. They start to, to look out for people more. They start to do things for other people. And that's a significant indicator of happiness. How much you do for others, mm -hmm. believe it or not, is a significant indicator of happiness and also a significant indicator of how well you emote, how well you feel. Mm -hmm. And it's, gratitude is the significant opposite of depression. Yeah. So people who are clinically, quote unquote, depressed are 50 times less, feel 50 times less gratitude numerically. Mm -hmm than people who aren't yeah that's so pretty crazy so cool so cool yeah. and um it, it's not just the journal itself though i really enjoyed the first it's not many pages but the ones that you have at the front of that book are really powerful some of the best quotes um some of them i knew uh, others were new to me but they're really really interesting is there anything that you want to share about how you how you put that together, but <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it was such so much fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun because this is what I enjoy doing anyway. Mm -hmm. I really enjoy the pursuit of wisdom, and there's nothing cooler than going through, you know, several hundred quotes. Yeah, to pick the ones that that you want to put. So, what's your favorite? Do you, do you have one off the top of your head? Oh wow, my favorite is. I know that's tough. That's, that's, a, that's, that's a hard, tall order. The one that, that I like that I think is in the journal that uh, towards the end is kindness is more important than wisdom. Mm. And the beginning of that is the understanding of wisdom. Yeah. Right. Care is, is really important. And mm -hmm. it's more important than in any, anything that you might have here. This is more important than this. Yeah. And for those of you on audio, he's pointing to the heart instead of the head. <laughs> <laughs> So as a general, I, I think that this is a, an incredible tool in the whole positive psychology movement. And we're going to loop back to why this is important for, you know, fitness and fat loss and achievement and the rest of it. But 
what is positive psychology and, and why is it catching on so much these days? So positive psychology as opposed to quote unquote negative psychology mm -hmm. is in the last 80 or so years of a formal psychological academia, research, papers, etc. Now this is some, some, some pre, uh, pretty crazy ratio. There's 80 to 1 ratio of studying negative emotions to mm -hmm. positive. Wow. So for every 80 papers that focus on depression and, and what's wrong with people. Yeah, that's a lot of bummed out paper. scientists. <laughs> no kidding, right? <laughs> because you feel what you research. You're, whatever you're focused on, you're going to experience that emotionally. Mm -hmm. And that's going to make up your happiness or your unhappiness. Mm -hmm. For every one paper on positive emotions, there are 80 papers for studying negative emotions. So mm -hmm. that one paper, that accumulation of one papers is what is known as positive psychology. It's the study of positive emotions. It's the study of performance. It's the study of people who are already doing well or yeah. modeling, as I'm sure you're aware of. Mm -hmm. Modeling success as opposed to looking at what's wrong with people and how can we get them to um, zero. So a really good analogy is if you look at the continuum before, before the 80 papers focus on how to get people from a minus 10 to a zero. Mm -hmm. And the positive psychology focuses on how to get people from a zero to a 10. See, that sounds way more fun to me. No kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what we're looking to do with, with this show as well, is take people who thought that they were normal or, or you know, the best that they could and then boost it up to a higher level of, of performance and happiness. And there's a lot of science that shows that happier people simply achieve more. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's business or, uh, or their bodies and their own health or if it's, you know, um, high performance in athletics, all of this stuff really comes back to uh, mental work at, at some point. And so uh, one thing that you talk about is happiness set points and how you can actually hack those to a higher level. So can you talk about what that actually means and how people can start from one place of their happiness level and then boost that up to the next level so that they can just achieve more? Absolutely. So you know when we talked about the zero to a ten, actually, Abel and I know that ten is actually like a like a magic number. It, yeah. it's, it can be fifteen, it can be twenty. You, it's negotiable, right? And a few hacks you can do that significant. First, what is a happiness set point? This is a really let's define that before we move and move on to the hacks. Yeah. And happiness set point is, according to science and research, they talk about how. Typically, most people have a happiness at point. And they looked at people who won the lottery, mm -hmm. and then people who just uh, were diagnosed with a chronic illness. And they looked at the change in happiness. And what was found is over the course of a few years, it re they returned back to their previous levels of happiness that they expressed. On the first group who won the lottery, that a lot of people think would normally boost happiness significantly, and the, on the other group, that were significantly ill and yep. were diagnosed with this illness. And so people typically in the research talk about 50% of happiness is predetermined, 10% is genetic, and 40% you can control, right? Yeah. Now, what's been found out through the research on positive psychology is A, that can be hacked. Yeah. It's a range, just like physical fitness, just like physical genetics, mm -hmm. you can hack physical genetics, you can hack your neurology. In very much the same way, we hack 
our bodies. And one of the ways to do it is obviously gratitude journaling. Mm -hmm. Now, there's a really interesting exercise that I, I don't think I've ever talked about uh, on a podcast before. Well, no, so this, you is gonna be, have to. this is going to be pretty cool. Is this one time exercise actually was a permanent booster in, in happiness and really? in overall general well being. And so this is, this is pretty wild. This is what people, um, they were asked to do. So a group of students were asked to write a letter of gratitude to somebody that they felt they hadn't expressed enough gratitude to. Mm -hmm. And they had to write it all out and they had to finish when they feel, felt like they expressed enough gratitude. And they had to call this person up. They had to say, hey, I want to meet you. Nothing about the letter, nothing about what I want to tell you. Mm -hmm. I just want to meet you. I just want to see you spend some time. When they meet in person, they were asked to read the letter out to this person in front wow. of them. Yeah. And there's a really cool story that there, there's undergraduate psychology student and he wrote this letter, but he was too embarrassed to tell his parents about the letter. He just, he felt it was awkward. He felt it was, um, he didn't want to express those feelings. Sure. And unfortunately his sister died in a car accident. Wow. And, and when he returned home, he took the letter with him and he thought that that would be a good time to mm -hmm. express the letter. And almost invariably, like it happens when he was reading the letter, the entire family started crying. Yeah. The entire family started crying and, and they were stronger for it. Mm -hmm. They, they emotionally became open and honest and vulnerable to each other and they became a stronger unit. Yeah. And that's what gratitude does. It brings people closer together. And that is the number one predictor of lifelong happiness yeah. is the depth and the closeness of your relationships. Yeah. And, and kindness. Kindness. To one yeah. Another. Yeah. And, and that's really what it is when you, when you externalize gratitude, it, it kind of turns into kindness, doesn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. What a, what a cool story. I really like I know. that. I know. And so everybody who's listening, you can do this. If you have a little bit of courage, it can transform your happiness. And, and all of those, those students, they were tested six months later. It was like a 17% jump from their baseline happiness score. Wow. From that insane. Yeah. From that exercise. One, one thing, nothing else. No Crazy. other change. Wow. So it's a very powerful exercise. It's going to take some courage. Sure. Because... You've expressed something you've never expressed before, and mm -hmm. you're opening up parts of you that you might not have shared with other people before. Yeah. But almost always, it is so valuable to do that, and and hopefully, it doesn't take something unfortunate or a tragedy to make that happen. Mm -hmm. You can do it now. Yeah. And you can do little pieces of that every single day. So let let's talk Absolutely. about morning rituals. I've talked about this on a bunch of other shows, but now you're I'm here with the master of morning rituals, the guy who actually made the tool that I use uh, pretty much every day. What is the importance of a morning ritual and what does it look like for you? So I really think the beginning and the end yeah. are really important. I, I love strategy and I know, uh, Abel, you're, you're a fan of strategy mm -hmm. yourself. Like I just geek out on this stuff. This stuff is fun for me. And the beginning and the end can be game changers. Very early in the day, a lot of people make the decision whether it's going to be a good day or not a good day. And that's mm -hmm. an unconscious decision. It happens automatically. It happens by rote. And sometimes I'll ask people, how do you know the day is going to be good? And they'll think about it. 
And they'll say, you know what, if I, if I worked out in the morning, or they'll say, if I slept well, and if, if they systematize that, you can literally make every day a really good day. Yeah. And the end is just as important to tie up loose strings, mm-hmm. to apologize where, where you had to apologize, to finish things that, that were un- incomplete so you can sleep well. Mm-hmm. There's good research to show if you sleep feeling good in your body, a sense of a, a buzzing like happiness, you can sleep deeper and you sleep longer. Yeah. And, and you're going you know, to wake up more refreshed. So for me, my morning routine, it actually, it, it, it changes in the winter and the summer. So in the summer, I like to take a walk. Yeah. I like to take a walk and... <laughs> when it's not negative 20 outside. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> UJ's up in Canada. I, I feel his pain. I'm from New Hampshire. Exactly. I'm going to be uh, away very soon. <laughs> <laughs> but when it's not negative 20 outside, yeah. I like to take a walk and, and just appreciate all that is. I think it's really important to start the day without any tension and, mm-hmm. and just feel and be present to everything around you. I do the five minute journal. Um, I like to meditate in the mornings. Yeah. It really starts my day off well. And sometimes I'll do some, some degree of movement. So it could be some stretching, some yoga, some kettlebells, some, um, like a 15 to 20 minute workout. Mm-hmm. And, uh, a part of our day, the day I like to call intense realism, which I took from Robert Greene's book. Yeah. And I, I just like to focus on, some intellectually challenging problem. I like to solve, I love solving problems and just some problem that I want to solve. And it could be a business problem. It could be a problem that is just purely interesting to me. Yeah. And I'm just going to throw away the piece of paper after, but it's just, just to work out my intellectual muscles. Yeah. It's, I love that. So, so I do that and then have breakfast. And typically there's, there's a book, a really good book called the one thing that I like. So I like mm-hmm. to tackle the one thing that I really have to get done in the day. And uh, if I'm lucky, I can book off two to, two to three hours for that. Yeah. And then as, and as soon as that happens, then, you know, email, all that other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> all the stuff that ruins your day happens after exactly. that. <laughs> but that's the coolest thing, right? Because like once you, uh, once you stack the deck with all that stuff that you wanted to do and needed to do for yourself to have a good day, then the rest is all gravy. It doesn't matter if you're, you know, barraged by an, an inbox of 300 things of people who need something from you yesterday or whatever you can withstand that because you've already had a great day it's already it's already done your work is done stack the wins yeah so you you got a whole bunch of wins early in the day Mm -hmm. and and you're kind of on a high already yeah absolutely sometimes literally if you're drinking coffee right (laughs) (laughs) and then you also said that you round out the day doing that what do you do at night so at night i like to just go through the day as, as I'm in bed and, and I have a journal in my hand. I just like to close my eyes and, and go over, okay, that was 24 hours. Yeah. What happened? Right. <laughs> what happened? That was 24 hours and, and we have work to do, right? So for everybody has, has a, hopefully has a plan, has a impact that they're looking to make. Yeah. Has a lack of better word, a purpose, uh, a reason to, to do the actions we do every day. And to me, it's just an evaluation of what happened. Yeah. A lot of people when, and this is, this is kind of deep, but when they have a near death experience, they report looking through their life. Yeah. 
and all, all the pains and frustrations and all the things they wish they did. Well, what if they do that, do that every night mm-hmm. so that they can spare themselves some regret? Yeah. So I like to do that just to say, okay, what went well? What didn't go so well? And how can I become a better person? Yeah. Very cool. And a lot of that is in the journal. It is, yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's an introspective activity. I really enjoy that because one of the most terrifying things about life is age does not correlate with wisdom. Mm-hmm. And it's terrifying if you're growing old and all of us are growing old. Yeah. <laughs> we're, all, we're all moving forward in life. Sure. And the fact that you can go a year or two without growth is the scariest thing to me. Yeah. It's the scariest thing. It's, it's petrifying, mm-hmm. which is why introspection is really important. It can save you years. Yeah. It can shave off years off your learning and your development. And for that, I am so grateful. Oh, that's so cool. That, that reminds me of a story when I was in high school, uh, I was hanging out with one of my goofball friends and he decided to go up to this one guy who he knew, who was like one of the oldest guys who he knew, his just face covered in wrinkles, like clearly had, had lived uh, a hard life, had a voice like Tom Waits, you know, just like all gravelly and beat up. And he asked the guy, and I'm standing there just like completely shocked. <laughs> he asks this guy, what's it like to get old? And he was expecting the guy to, to say like, well, it's the worst thing ever. I feel like I'm going to die. Um, what he actually said was, I love getting old. Getting old is so cool because every day I learn something new and I'm not worried about the things that I was worried about when I was in my 20s and 30s and all the superficial nonsense and all the noise from everyone around me. I just love getting old because I feel like I'm getting closer to who I've always wanted to be. And I thought that was like the coolest thing ever. But that's a uh, that's clearly a decision that he made to think that way, right? Whether he knows it or not, that's something that either his subconscious was able to do or maybe he used his conscious mind to somehow wrestle his subconscious into submission to think that positively by intentionally infusing his day with these sorts of habits. One of the other things that I think is really cool about five-minute journal, just the practice of gratitude, is that you don't have to be totally freaked out at the beginning. Like if you're getting started with this sort of thing, you don't have to like block off three hours in the morning to meditate and then like another two at night to like write out your journal and like write all of these letters to people. You can really just piecemeal, start small. And uh, one of the things that I do is uh, I tend to do the, the five-minute journal all in the morning. And uh, I even scribble out some of the lines, the ones that like I wanted to replace with whatever else, like a different question sometimes. Um, I'll put that in. And then at night, uh, I I may have even picked this up from your book, and I'm going to summarize a a quote here. But basically, never send yourself to bed without uh, asking a question of your subconscious. Do you remember who said that? Yeah. So Thomas Edison said, never go to bed without without a request to your subconscious mind. Yeah. And that's brilliant. So often I found... uh, Actually, when I started working in consulting, I found that a lot of my breakthroughs came in my dreams. Mm. Um, and that's in large part because I'd send myself to bed with a problem. But now I try to do that like pretty much every night. Like it, it doesn't have to be a problem, but something that you're working through, like looking for your next path. What are you going to do that day? Your subconscious is so much smarter than you are. And uh, you might as well use that time that you're in bed to come to your next break- breakthrough. Is there anything that... that you've asked of yourself recently, UJ, that, that the folks out there might find useful? Actually, I find right before I go to bed, I like to review my goals and review the person I want to be. Cool. And, and, and the things I want to do and really get 
there's there's two aspects to gratitude and, and just to, to to doing this. One is the the cognitive aspect, is thinking about it. Yeah. And the other one is feeling about it. And both of them are equally important. Mm-hmm really really important and so i I think about and really get into that space and i sleep in that space yeah i like to to rest knowing that i'm i'm resting in in line with where i want to be yeah and so if there's something really pressing on my mind i'll ask the question but my request is let my path continue yeah oh very cool (laughs) um so i'm curious actually what questions do you do you write in the journal, because I'm curious, I, I would love to know. I love getting feedback on this. Yeah, totally. One thing that I really like to do in the morning is go through the good stuff that happened the day before mm. and go through a couple of things that I'm planning on doing in the next day. So I talk yeah. about what I'm what I'm grateful for uh, today. So basically the, the top of the five minute journal, yeah. I use exactly as it is. And then the bottom, I turn it into that. like gratitude for yesterday and and gratitude or or something to look forward to basically for the next day or whatever very cool um every once in a while i'll i'll switch it up i've tried like i'm constantly hacking as well and and trying different things i found that for whatever reason if i did it at night and i went through the things that didn't go well that day i found it just kind of like it would drag me down and that might just be a a personality thing everyone's different or maybe i'm thinking about it in in the wrong way or whatever but i didn't want to mess with it because i know that if i send myself uh, to bed with some sort of you know thing that i want to work through that's not necessarily negative but more like forward looking then it works really well for me so i think it's it's all that personal journey right like everyone kind of has to find their own uh, way of doing this that works for them in terms of like time of day maybe some people you know just have that that feeling in the afternoon where they have to write something down or whatever. And every day at three o'clock they set an alarm and, and that's when it happens. But I would say like if anyone wants to get started with uh, with gratitude and upping their performance and productivity and, and most of all happiness, it's best to start very simply, very low commitment, get those easy wins in so that you can actually turn it into a habit. Because it's the things that you do every day without really noticing it that make the biggest difference. And, uh, and gratitude is absolutely huge. And the cool thing is, Abel, we recently just launched an app yeah. for the 5 Journal because a lot of our audience was saying, hey, do you guys have an app for this? I would love to get the digital version of it because sometimes people travel. They're not able to travel with the 5 mm-hmm. Journal or there's a younger audience that's just hooked on a phone. Yeah, There's, there's stats that show that about 60% or so of teenagers can't remember the last time they were 50 feet away from their phone. Right. So can you say that again? (laughs) Yeah. Around 60% of teenagers can't remember the last time they're 50 feet away from their phone. It's insane. Crazy. Yeah. (laughs) So let's make it work. Yeah. Right. Let's make it work. So that's awesome. And actually we're, uh, we're up on time, but before we go, can you tell people a little bit about the app where they can find it uh, as well as where they can find you and the awesome work that you're doing? Absolutely. So they can find all the work that I'm doing at 5minutejournal.com. Um, that's where you'll find the links for the app. There's you. That's where you'll find the links for the journal. We have a blog. And so you, they can connect with me by just going to my website, eugerandes.com. They can send me an email from there. And uh, I have a podcast too. You're welcome to subscribe if you like. And uh, yeah, it was so great to be here, Abel. So, awesome. Thank you, know, you so much for coming on, UJ. This is a lot of fun. And, and for all of you out there, UJ, this is just the tip of the iceberg. This guy is 
just an absolute productivity monster and has massive wisdom. One of the coolest things that you do is, is really blend Eastern and Western practices to help people up their performance. Um, so I really encourage you guys to check out the five minute journal, especially, but also the rest of the work that you're doing, UJ. It's, it's really cool stuff. So thank you so much for coming on. Gratitude to you, UJ. And we'll have to have you on again soon, man. My pleasure, Abel. It'd be awesome to be on here again. Awesome. Hey, this is Abel, and I have a quick question for you. Do you want to get in the best shape of your life without giving up your favorite foods? Don't miss your opportunity to get the new Fat-Burning Chef e-cookbook featuring more than 200 delicious recipes from the top paleo chefs in the world. You can get it now for a huge discount at fatburningchef.com. You can type it in from any device. Keep on listening for the details. Meet Jane. Jane knows she's supposed to eat right, but it's been one heck of a long day and she's short on time to cook a healthy, delicious dinner. Jane knows she can get lean by choking down reheated chicken breast and steamed broccoli six times a day for the next three months, but that doesn't sound like very much fun. Fortunately, Jane's in luck because her friend just sent her a collection of over 150 quick and easy recipes that just so happen to keep the pounds off. It's called the Fat-Burning Chef. And through the magic of the interwebs, this handy, interactive, digital cookbook beams straight to you instantly. And since it lives on your iPhone, iPad, Droid, computer, or other gizmo, you'll never be without quick and easy fat-burning meals. But it's not just about mouth-watering recipes. We want to change the world with real food. When you grab the Fat-Burning Chef, you get another copy as a free gift to share with your friends and family. So if you're short on time and want to know what's for dinner tonight, head on over to fatburningchef.com and we'll fix you right up. Bon appetit, Jane. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Fat Burning Man. If you liked it, don't forget to hit the subscribe button on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, the podcast app, or wherever else you might be listening to or watching this show. Got a second? Please leave me a quick review on iTunes. I always love hearing from you, and if you think someone else might like and benefit from this free show, please take a second to share it with a friend or with a family member. You can get in touch with me on Twitter at FatBurnMan, and Facebook by typing in Abel James or FatBurningMan. Drop me a line anytime. Did you know that I've recorded over 150 episodes of Fat Burning Man, winning four awards in independent media and hitting number one in more than eight countries? And here's some more good news. You can download and listen to every single episode for free. All you have to do is type in fatburningman.com. I'll give you a second to type it in, fatburningman.com. And you'll get all the show notes in video and audio versions for all the past episodes of Fat Burning Man. Better yet, enter your best email at fatburningman.com, sign up for my newsletter, and I'll even send you a quick start guide to start burning fat right now and a few of our ridiculously tasty recipes as a special thanks for signing up. Once again, just go to fatburningman.com right now, enter your best email to get your free fat burning downloads straight to your inbox and make sure that you never miss a show again. This is Abel James signing off. Thanks so much for listening and have a great week.